Good evening, everyone. Let's do this. Or or that. I. <laughs> Yay! Literally... New, year, New Year, New Year, same bullshit. <laughs> I literally asked you if you remember no, no, how to do I, the music. <laughs> I later, I did, I did, I did. But because it's on a phone screen, my thumb hit the like middle of the play, the play, the scrub, the scrub bar. That was awesome. This is all getting cut out, by the way. Good evening, uh, and uh, thank you for joining us at this, the very, very beginning of the show. <laughs> Nothing ju- happened before this, we I ju- swear. We literally just started the show this second. It was a, a completely smooth, seamless transition into the new year. <laughs> I can't even make fun of you because like, you're getting everything ready. Now I'm just sitting here with like my hands in my lap waiting for everything, and now I'm like... Um, you should join the room. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. That's how this works. I have to join the room. <laughs> Knocking off the rust. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Don't even remember how to do any of this. Um, it's Wednesday night. And we're all crossed out, I guess. Uh, <laughs> we're here. <laughs> yay. Uh, you know, we, um, we actually spoke about this on the end of the pod, the, the last, no, sorry. The, the like the first podcast of this year. Right. Um, yeah, just like doing like a year end review or something like that and uh yeah same same goes for here we had i think uh some like 30 35 or 36 call-in shows in 2022 with like six six thousand something downloads which is great great and thank you very much for all of uh the uh, many of the same faces here who have helped that i like that Right, we see the same faces every week. Hi, everybody. We see you. Yes, and uh, and I'm sure there's like lurkers and and I guess people download it after the fact, right? Because you know if there's like 180, there's not 180 people in here when we do a thing, so it's it's later. Um, yeah, as as we uh, promoted on social media, this there is no this this is going to be a little formatless. I was on the road and uh, came back today. Um, so yeah, we're going to argue about stoves. Are we, but are we going to argue? Are you really like on the side of like gas stoves are bad? I, okay. Okay. Story time. Okay. Sure. There was a thing. It's not going to happen. There's the debate about gas stoves, whether or not they're going to ban them. They want to ban them. Are they, do they cause most cases of asthma in children? Do they cause cognitive impairment? Okay. So at least as far as we're concerned, this all started from a Twitter thread. <laughs> <laughs> as most things do. Some of the history books. You know. <laughs> like many wars in the history of man, this also started with a Twitter thread. <laughs> right. So someone posted up a Twitter thread um, kind of dissecting some peer-studied reviews and things about how gas stoves are not particularly good for you because a lot of people use them in unventilated areas. Their hood vents don't really vent the way they're supposed to. It releases NO2 into the air. It's bad for the kids. You're making fires in the house, blah, 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 blah. So it starts this whole debate on Twitter about gas stoves versus electric stoves versus people. And, And then like, People were like, you're not taking my gas stove from me. You could pry it from a cold, dead hands. I think Trumka, though, said in an interview that he wanted to look into the regulation of gas stoves or something like that. Then he had to come out and right. say specifically, like, we don't, no, don't worry. Which, by the way, to me, in the age of now, this isn't always true. This is not always track. But to me, like, we were never going to do this is now a euphemism for you made enough noise, guys. Good job. Like, that's what I think. I think, like, people yelled loud enough so that they felt the need to be like, no, no, no. Don't, no, you totally misread this. We're not going to do it. So I was like, good. Scream this loud next time you want 
something like this stopped as well because it worked. <laughs> right. So it's like it starts this whole thing. Everybody gets into this debate. And then all of a sudden the federal government is opining on the topic of gas stoves and oh, maybe we're going to look into this. And then everybody got mad. And then um, Jean-Pierre, who oh, the, yeah. the, right, had, to, had to come KJ, out. And say, the notorious KJP. Right. The White House press secretary had to come out and be like, um, President Biden is not interested in banning gas stoves, which I, to, to anybody who's not terminally online, they had to be like, why is everybody talking about gas stoves right yes. now? There is. It's funny. There should be like, you know, like they have the they have like the sign language interpreter. They need like a sh a, a shit poster to normie <laughs> translator. So, we need Elon right there to be like, okay, so listen, this is what happened. Like there was a there was a threat. It's like the lady in airplane who was like, uh, excuse me, stewardess, I speak jive. Right? <laughs> It'll be someone who was like, uh, Mr. President, I speak 4chan. I, I, I can I, explain yes. this. Yes. Yeah, so um, so what happened was. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. I'm terminally online. Let me take care of this. Let me yeah. explain it. Yes, and uh, and so uh, I think uh, I think Jen said like, oh, I have a bit of a story about gas stoves, which and, is, yeah, <laughs> that results from me living in Florida. And I said I have a story about gas stoves that's related to me living in Israel. <laughs> and so, the, spoiler you... alert: they're complete opposites. <laughs> yes. Let's let's start with let's start with Jen's gas stove story. Well, for anybody who has spent any time around anybody who cooks, you you know, like the whole cooktop stove thing is a very passionate debate between electric, gas, induction, glass top, all of that good stuff. So growing up in South Florida, gas appliances were basically not a thing for obvious safety concerns. I mean, we have hurricanes down there. Like if a gas line pops, they're not coming out in the middle of a hurricane to oh, cap a gas shit. line. See, I didn't even think of that. See, this is, that's, and see again, Israel, temperate climate. We don't get stuff like hurricanes or floods or earthquakes there. That's a fucking, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Like South Florida is like all electric. So if you had gas appliances in your house, that was basically the purview of the wealthy, because not only did you have to like actually like buy the appliances, but you had to pay to have the gas line run to your house to run the gas stove. So that was basically that was just for like wealthy people who were super into cooking. Yeah, Neil. Uh, no, there are all of the things that Jen mentioned that weren't gas are electric, but they're different kinds of electric. Like induction, an induction plate doesn't. It's not like a thing that gets super hot. It pumps electricity into your thing and makes it hot. Like right. So like like induction is. It's magnetic, basically. So you have to have specific cookware to use on an induction top, mm -hmm. like anything that can conduct like magnetic energy, like stainless steel, cast iron, enamel, stuff like that, or anything that's specifically labeled to be used on an induction cooktop. You can't just use like any old damn thing. Yeah. And they're cool. And you can buy a small one for like no money at all. A lot of like uh, YouTubers who are like home chefs. Mm -hmm have them like have a, a couple extra on top of their like stovetop. And yeah, it's all about like, cause I, I hate the stove that I have. It's one of those like spirally electric ones. It's uneven. It's crap. Look, gas, ultimately the benefit of gas is it's a, it's a real ass fire that you're putting your, your cookware on top of, right? It's literally a flame and there's, it, it it is what it is, right? Fun. Right. Fun. It's like, it's more even, it's more temperate, but like, yes. But but back to my story. So like oh, when yes, I yes. moved from South Florida to Atlanta, where even in my apartment in Atlanta, I didn't have a gas stove, but I had combination like electric everything other than like my heating and my hot water. And so but that's but like gas is much more common in Atlanta than it was in South Florida. And so you have apartments in Atlanta that actually have like gas appliances. And I was like, wait a minute, there's people that have just like gas stoves and like their normal apartments for normal people. Like that kind of blew my mind. I was like, cause like, again, like gas, like gas stovetops were always like a thing for like the wealthy where I came from. And then like moving to Atlanta, I was like, oh, people, you can just like get like a normal one bedroom, normal person apartment that has like, a gas cooktop and now obviously like higher end places have like the gas cooktops and again here in dc that's also a thing too so it was kind of like 
oh, wait, this is this is a thing that like people do like for normal people. And now it kind of is in a way a more now wealthy, but like, for example, here in D.C., you will get gas stoves as a as as like an amenity in like a fancy place. They'll stay like gas stoves, uh, you know, uh, uh, fa- fancy washer dryer, like apartments have that like new good stuff will often have gas stoves. But again, like from Israel, I remember for like in Israel, everybody had a gas stove. Like when I was a kid, like well, essentially everybody, everybody. And here's my story, right? The year is 1991 or 1992, maybe. Uh, and uh, back then, uh, and you know, again, everybody has a gas stove. And uh, you know, what you need to do is, is there's no gas lines. We didn't have like gas infrastructure. You had like 12 giant tanks of like LNG or whatever it is, like the, the pressurized vessels of, of cooking gas in a thing. Like they would hold them together in like a frame where there was like 12 of them mm-hmm. and they would just bolt it <laughs> in the stairwell of the building. Wow. Right? Or in the entrance to the building. Ours were like in our stair, in our stairwell, you like walked into the stairwell and in front of you and like you walked four paces front and then turned left 90 degrees and walked up the stairs but if you didn't walk those four steps you just turn to the left that's where that thing would sit right mm-hmm. um and uh my friend uh who lived in my building like a school friend mm-hmm. uh saw something there one day that was like sparking he saw some like sparks there mm-hmm. and he came up to apartment and he said he told my dad and my dad was like that sounds kind of sus. Maybe you should call the cops. Right. And he did. And they came and it was a bomb that malfunctioned. Wow. And, uh, what had happened was, I mean, so here's the story. I mean, the, the, I, I, I jumped to the spoiler, but, uh, what happens is like, we're sitting at home and all of a sudden there's like a, you know, that kind of knocking. Yeah. And we open up like and the police and we open up and it's a fucking two guys in Hurt Locker outfits. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like for real. Yeah. Full on. Yeah, yeah. Like when I saw the first time I saw the Hurt Locker, I was like, oh, I've seen that before. <laughs> and they took like they they like rushed us all out into the rain with slippers or and they brought this kind of mm-hmm. um, they brought this truck that had a flatbed on the back with like a big what looked like a barometric chamber, it was mm-hmm. like a big, exp- and they just yeah. they tossed the thing to, in there to let it explode. Yeah, in they, there. there's like a submarine hatch on the end, and they you just, just chuck it in there and close it up, <laughs> like, and then just let it blow up. He's like, "You ready, Steve? One, two, three, throw <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, and so uh, yeah, those things are those things go explodey, and uh, after that, it wasn't just that, but after like those things became like a big, now they're all underground. Like the gas company mm-hmm. comes to your thing, but there's a big, uh, uh, hatch in the ground, a big metal hatch that's padlocked and you got to open that up and then they sit in there somehow or whatever. It's way more secure now. Wow. I mean, it's one of those, cause you know, like it's like how, uh, in the, the pre nine 11 days, I tell the story when I was a kid and I came to the States and I would take a, a flight from New York to, DC on something called the Delta shuttle. Mm-hmm. It was like the SL equivalent or so like a plane and you would get on the plane and sit down and then the ticket person would come and you would pay for your, you would like buy a ticket on right. the, like it was a bus, right? That's, <laughs> that's the pre nine 11 days for you. <laughs> um, by the way, that story about the bomb and the thing I've tried really hard to find like a newspaper article about it and stuff. And like, I have been, totally unable to i will eventually like find this guy my friend i mean i i we're facebook friends i think but i haven't spoken to him in like a million years and just ask him if he still has like the framed newspaper clipping because i think he got like the key to the city <laughs> he like met the mayor i mean there was no key to the city but like he, he met saved the, the building yeah yeah like he but got, i mean seriously though yeah well he got like the because in is you know like a vigilance like the in israel because um uh see something say something when I was a kid, like the idea of like, uh, they call it in Hebrew, like uh, a suspicious object, like right. cap- capital S, capital O, right? A little plastic bag somewhere, a bag. Now people see an unattended bag at the airport and it's a big security thing. Like I remember that from like 1988 
when Americans were like, who gives a shit? Here's a grenade in the airport. But, uh, um, and so, yeah, like that's, to me, that's a, like, so like vigilance, if somebody's vigilant and like prevents a, a terrorist attack, yeah, like he, I think he had a, when we were kids, yeah, I think he had like a framed picture of him like shaking the mayor's hand. Oh. <laughs> and it was like the legendary, legendary mayor of Jerusalem. It was like Ed, the Ed Koch of Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs> The LaGuardia of, of Jerusalem. You know that there is actually a, uh, like the the big uh, Tel Aviv highway has a, a big, one of its big interchanges is called LaGuardia Interchange because he was the first uh, American politician to visit Israel after it was established, Fiorello LaGuardia. Yeah. Oh. How about that? How about that for a, a historical anecdote? JD, put that in your... In your list of historical anecdotes. Was not aware of that. Yeah, see, I mean, the things that you know specifically because you're from Israel and, <laughs> you know. It's I'll, like, I'll, I'll have to remember that for Jeopardy. Yes. <laughs> oh. Who was the first American politician to visit Israel after the establishment? There you go. <laughs> Who is, uh, you know, uh, we just discovered that uh, there was a guy on Jeopardy. I think he might still be on. I don't know. We're like, I'm like days behind. Right. We but, hope he's still on. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I've noticed, I don't know if any of you noticed, that uh, Jeopardy is a, a very a DMV, a DC, Northern Virginia area, highly overrepresented in Jeopardy. I keep seeing people from like our area. Mm -hmm. And one of them, uh, you know, it said like he's a consultant from DC or something like right. that. And in his like interview, he mentioned something where I was like, oh shit, he lives near us. Can't remember what he said. Well, he, yeah, he mentioned something about like Glover Park. And I'm like, oh yeah, like, you know, like down the street. Right, right near here. <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, like I just read an article about how he does bar trivia near here. And I was like, we should, right. we got to go. I saw you on Jeopardy. <laughs> I guess like the place where he does bar trivia now does like, uh, they, they, they did, they, they did like watch parties of every, uh, well, yeah, because I mean, he's apparently been going there for years. He's like one of their OG, like trivia night guys. And so like they do big watch parties and stuff. It's real sweet. That's yeah, sweet. That's fine. It's, nice. it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Uh, what else were we going to talk? Oh, so stoves, I don't know. Again, I, I, I like a gas stove. I, I would, I would even, I wouldn't mind if my stove were actually like would heat evenly, which it just doesn't. Right. Like I've used a gas stove literally once in my entire life when I was in an Airbnb in Jersey. That is the extent of my experience with gas stoves. I was incredibly nervous to use it. Cause I'm like, I, have no fucking idea what I'm doing. I don't know. I don't. I I don't know what five is. Like I don't know what setting five uh -huh. is. And, and is this? Am I about to set something on fire? I don't know. Have you ever tried one of those like camping ones? You know, the mm -hmm. little thing that has the little. Nope. Oh, Not wow. like a Bunsen burner. No. Oh wow. Okay. Literally once in my life, I have worked with gas. Very interesting. I would absolutely love though. Like one of those just induction cooktops, just like just a flat sheet of black glass that looks like something out of Star Trek. That would <laughs> that on like a center island. Ooh, yes. Yeah, center island is uh, is uh, is really is really quite nice. That would be very gorgeous. And then I would have my all clad, and then I would just be the most like <laughs> futuristic trad wife you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> This is all I want. Like, why can't I find a man to provide this for me? <laughs> um, so uh, what else? I, the Golden Globes happened. Right? Well, we could talk about AOC and her gas stove. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's just because. She has a gas stove. And it, then she sold. I, and, and this is the thing. Like, people want to, like, give her shit about this. I'm like, she cares about this because she saw the tweet thread, too. Like, she didn't know shit about this until, like, five or not even five days ago, like maybe like two days and ago. And the defense of her irritates me to no end because it's always like, well, but she she's renting and, uh, you know, she I'm just living in the world, man. You know, it's that fucking and yet you participate in society, except that if you think that NO2 from a gas stove causes cognitive impairment, even if you live in a, an apartment that has one, you'll get a fucking induction stovetop and cook on that. Like you don't want to give yourself – it's like, what am I, it's, I always say, you know, the, that's why I think uh, I laugh really hard when, when people say there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, because what that means is that you're giving yourself an excuse for, to be an unethical consumer. Cause you're like, there's, I can't do it. So. Oh, it's just impossible. So right. well, like you're not going to even make an attempt. You're not going to even like the, 
if you can't achieve uh, like perfectly ethical consumption, you're not even going to strive for ethics. You're just going to go like, ah, fuck it. I'm going to use an iPhone that was built by slave labor in China. You know, like that's, I had a thread about this a long time ago about, I proposed an alt green movement that was like people who were into, you know, like environment without tying it into like the death of capitalism. And also I said, like, I, I need to write like a science fiction story about this, about how there should be like a subculture of people who, you know, climate people who are anti-consumerist or whatever, who don't like go live in the forest. But what they do is they only buy like secondhand gadgets. They'll buy like second and third generation phones. They don't need the newest, fanciest thing. They'll establish communities where they like tinker, where they fix each other's shit. They'll buy like more handmade They'll eat simpler foods, more sustainable. I was like, imagine if it became trendy, kind of like the hipster idea. But imagine if it became trendy, like in Williamsburg, to go eat like gruel mm -hmm. and like a depression stew, things that were like simple and, you know, like maybe try to make it all nice. But like the idea would be like, don't be austin, like put your money where your mouth is. Make it cool to not be glitzy and get all the newest shit. But of course, they're not going to do that. No, and I, I was like a weird side note tangent thing here about something that Biden did that was actually fairly good. Um, farm equipment. Did you know that like farmers can't really fix their own equipment because it's kind of like cars now where it's like everything's computerized and you need software and all that good stuff. But now, now farmers who own John Deere, like they, they won the right to be able to like get access to the software to like, like fix and hack their own equipment, which yeah. I mean, we're talking like six figure pieces oh, yeah, of yeah. equipment. Yeah, like, like it's not cheap. Imagine buying a, a million dollar combine harvester and you're getting the equivalent of like a Peloton. Right. That you, gotta, that you have to pay like a subscription service for. But, I mean, yeah, for real. Like you have to pay like subscription services to have access to the software to do repairs on these things. And it's like, it's crazy. It, it is, it, yeah, really insane. And speaking of, uh, good things uh, from unexpected places. Matt Gates is getting the C-SPAN cameras back in Congress for good. I mean, literally just the worst person you know. But and, pr and probably doing it for like, you know, for his own like grandstanding purposes. But you know what? So I'm not looking a gift horse in the mouth. Well, see, here's the thing. Like, and here's I, I talked about my love of C-SPAN footage on Ambitious Crossover Attempt. If C-SPAN actually did control cameras all the time, like 24-7, like everything that they broadcast, there would, I think, actually be less grandstanding because they have the ability to cut away from someone and go look at, like, crowd reactions and stuff like that. And you can get stuff like that. Whereas, okay, uh, maybe we should back this up. Um, under normal circumstances certain like special circumstances aside, like, you know, say the union address, a um, couple other situations. When you are seeing something like a live feed from the house floor that is being controlled by the house. By the and, house yeah. And you, uh, and you only get like one single angle, you know, the one wide angle. And then they focus on the person that's speaking at the podium. Yes. It's uh, it's, it's, you know, it's like public record. They have a, they have an AV team and it's all on record. I needed to go for once for a job of mine, go dig through old Bernie Sanders uh, stuff mm -hmm. to find instances where he was speaking about something or other. And you can go fucking years and years back and just pull up some random committee meeting where, and you can search it by transcript. You can like pull me up every time Bernie Sanders said, I don't know what, something or other. And it, I'm asking go, once again. Yeah. And you could go see like him saying it like in 1991. So that's actually something that I learned doing this was that Bernie Sanders has been saying the same exact fucking shit for decades. I mean, I, 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 
uh, props to him for consistency. Yeah, I mean, but- he's consistently wrong, but it's- I mean, at least props for the consistency. It is unbelievable, though, like how similar his arguments sound. Like if you go listen to him, literally mm-hmm. speak like in like ni- in the early 90s. I've been telling you since the early 90s. <laughs> I'm once again telling you. <laughs> once again, I am telling you, unions are the answer to America's problems. The only thing that changed is instead of saying millionaires, now I say billionaires because I myself am now a millionaire. I wasn't before, but now I have three houses. So now we, we, we need billionaires. Yes, it's billionaires. Yes. Don't we ask are, questions. We always hate the people who are just a little richer than us. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, once my next book drops, it'll be trillionaires. I don't know. <laughs> Bernie predates the talkies. When he had the little the little cards, right? Right, like we make jokes about Joe Biden being like old and around for like the invention of the gas stove, but Bernie was right there with him. Yes, remember the time where Bernie was uh, <laughs> hanging off a train? <laughs> <laughs> he was there at the invention of the steam locomotion. <laughs> Bernie Keaton. <laughs> it's going to put people out of work. People are going to lose jobs. He got somebody tied his wife to the train tracks. A mustachio twirling villain. I told you this was a bad idea. We put people out of work, and now my wife is tethered to the train tracks. Somebody get Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> Where's Secretary Pete? He needs to explain this. Did you see? Did you see that story about the auto train that was stuck in North Carolina yes. for 30, 30 hours? Oh, my God. I would have committed a murder. I'm, I'm telling you. Like, I could not. There, so there's an auto train, you know, like one of those trains to put your car on. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, I'm not going to drive to right. the Carolina. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, how about, how, how about now? Yes, how do you feel about that now? How's that decision working out for you, sucker? You would have been there already if you would have drove. But um, and so they got stuck for some weird reason, and they're like not letting them off the train. They're not letting their dogs out to use the bathroom, and then so they started calling the cops. And Ooh. so someone posted a video of like the train announcer coming on and saying like to the people who are calling the cops, uh, "We are not holding you hostage." Well, <laughs> I, like, like I'm gonna call the cops. I'm gonna be like, um, I would like. The train to go now, my and I don't know who else I can call. My favorite comment on that was, my I'm not keeping you hostage announcement is raising many questions <laughs> already answered by the announcement. Like, okay, can I get my car and go then? I would have just, you know what? No, but here's the thing. Like, what what I don't understand, this is my Israeli speaking. Because, like, Israelis wouldn't have, wouldn't have put up with that shit. <laughs> Fucking 57 minutes. They're <laughs> you all guys open. like, I'm done. Yeah, I would have said, and no, so, and so, I mean, for real, like there's a emergency handle. Like just pull you. You can open the doors because what if there's a fire? Like you can't. You like the right. they actually design these things to be very easy to get out of if you really want to. Right, because I mean security concerns in Israel. You probably need to make oh, no, mass no. transit easy to get out. Oh of. no, 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 not just that here too. Because fire well, and stuff, yeah. every train go to subway. To, every car has like a kit, windows that you can like kick out, like emergency windows. Every door. Will have an like a manual. It's a it's a thing where you can like manually uh, prime the the pistons, uh-huh. so you don't need anything electric. So you can like physically open them. Just fucking do that. What are they gonna do? First of all, there's no uh, law enforcement there. What are they gonna do? Kick you off the train? What are they gonna do? Keep your car? Sue you? There's not nothing that they ever. They're not gonna be able to do anything to you. Right, so even if you're not, oh, uh, thank you, Super Seven Wendover just released a video on it. Uh, oh, on trains, I thought on it. <laughs> I was like, oh, on this incident. Um, anyway, that I was just like, I can't, I can't imagine, I can't imagine. Right, like, and I've not investigated this, but I would think like, okay, so I, I've looked at like videos on Amtrak where you get like the little like, like the little cars, not like the seat, but like the little like little room area things, sure. and I'm like. I'm pretty sure you could open that window enough to tumble salt out of it if you had to. No, there's no way that you can't just go, again, over to any car door and have, like, the emergency manual override. I need to, again, at some point, I think, like, more of the story on this will come out, and more, like, at least more details. But, like, just that the idea that, like, they're being held there is just <laughs> – I can't, I'm just, I'm just trying to picture myself in that situation. You don't understand how mad I get 
in about things like that that are a hundred times less severe. Like when my flight got delayed, I, I the the only reason I got not angry was when they were like, "Okay, go home and come back tomorrow at noon," and I was like, "Great, I can be home in an hour." You know, have a a glass of uh, whiskey, go to bed, wake up, have breakfast, come back here to the plane. But like the three hours that we sat there until they told us were intolerably infuriating. And I was sitting next to this mother and daughter pair who were like very Jewy Jew women. And they sounded like a team on a reality show. They were like very loud and like talking to each other. And they were saying like, Oh, look, they're going to delay the flight. They were totally going <laughs> home tonight. Uh, Booby, there's no way we're getting on a plane. I talked to my brother. He had a flight last week to Florida. It got canceled too. Like, it was exactly like this. And everybody's like at the edge of their fucking fuse. And these two are just, they cannot stop, right? And so it's good that they sent us all home because I, th- <laughs> I think everybody would have like <laughs> just jumped on them and just like beat them to a pulp. And that's so funny because when I flew up here back in July, like my flight was delayed getting up here to DC and I'm like texting you because obviously like you were like waiting for me and expecting me and you're like, you're being so calm about this. I'm like, what else am I going to do? Like, what am I going to get mad at someone? It's not going to make the plane go any faster. I don't like, uh, I don't like, uh, I, I'm not, a, I like, I don't like travel. Uh, you know what? I'll amend it. If I'm traveling with someone, then anything like this is at least slightly more tolerable. But when you're alone, it's like, I don't want to get over with. Ugh, it sucks. And I, anyway, I don't. And so problems with travel are usually trigger me more than <laughs> other things. Well, right. It's always like just nerve wracking. And then it's like, okay, like, what am I going to do? I, it, and, and actually mine was kind of worse because it was like, okay. So everyone's like, so they're like, okay, it's going to be a couple of hours. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go like, just get some food. And then five minutes later, it's like time to board the plane. I'm like, oh. Well, guess no dinner for yeah. me tonight. <laughs> Just uh, yeah, uh, and uh, I because I was talking about this uh, today on on Twitter about how I uh, I would rather spend like an hour longer in the car if it meant no traffic. Meaning, like I let's say let's say I had to drive somewhere and it was like a two hour drive, right? And I knew that it would take me two and a half hours because I would drive two and stand in traffic for thirty, or I could drive three hours but not stand in any traffic, easy decision, three hour drive. Right. Because it's like, it's that forward progress that it's like, you're not sitting still, like you're making forward progress. So like in your head, it's like, you're, it's, it's better. In yes. Your head. And now distance, that's not even a, like a thing. Cause someone said to me, like in LA, sometimes you could go like a route that's 30 miles longer, but you'll get there quicker. And I was right. like, Oh no, that's not a choice. Ever. But, uh, it's also more economical in many cases. Because stop, go, stop, go, stop, go is not an economical and it's polluting. I would say it's bad for the environment. It is bad for the environment. It is. <laughs> and I, and, and it's, that's, it's also something, by the way, uh, like self-driving cars or some kind of system that involves that technology. One thing that it really can potentially uh, improve on like a civilizational level is traffic jams because uh, you should go watch simulations of traffic jams because there is like a flow dynamics. There's all kinds of like legitimate, like kind of physics effects because things cascade. One person slows down and then you can kind of see how there's like a ripple Mm -hmm. effect outward from that. Uh, And I always say that um, the difference between a good driver and a bad driver is that a, a good driver understands that driving is a team sport driving on a road is a team sport where every all the drivers around you and you are on the same team and if you all understand that you're all going to get there quicker right mm-hmm. you're not if you if you only like get out of each other's way and under, like think about things in a more like syst, quote unquote systemic way like i know when to let people in because if i don't all of us are going to get bogged down there are all kinds of stuff like that or for for example today I'll, this is such a weird tangent but like okay Driving on a highway, right? There's a slow truck in the right lane. And there's a line of people in the left lane trying to get around it. And at the head of that column is a truck that's another truck that's going slowly. So it's slowly inching its way past this other truck. And so in the left lane, there's like a line. It gets past the first truck. 
what is the first thing it's supposed to do? Go right. Right. And like let the cars by. And then the next one should go right. What what should happen is you should kind of like slot into each other. Like each one should like get out of the way as quickly as they can to let more people through. But no, this fucking guy is like, no, I'm in the left lane now. So they're going to have to go around me. So then you got to wait until he is like two truck lengths ahead of the truck in the right lane so that you can kind of like slalom around these two assholes. And I'm like, this is a guy who doesn't understand how to drive on the road. You know, he might understand his vehicle. Like he might know how to mm. back up the semi-trailer and, you know, into like a, a parking spot, but he doesn't know road driving. Which, and it's, and I, I, ugh. which is so funny because like that is like literally illegal in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sure it's illegal there too. Like, like, the, like trucks cannot be in the left light like the, that. No, the absolute best. Cause I drove, I drove from, from New York to DC today. The absolute best part of that entire stretch of, of 95 is the part of the New Jersey turnpike that separates trucks from cars. So there's like a 50 mile stretch of the New Jersey turnpike where there's no trucks. It's just cars. And it's just like, ah, and then you see like roadways merge five miles and like, ah, oh, here oh, we go shit. again. Oh, oh shit. Oh, here yeah. we go again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take a little, <laughs> take, <laughs> take a little half a Valium. <laughs> while you're driving that's not a good idea yeah don't do that yes exactly sorry feds but like weird I, like anecdotal riff off of that like talking to my mom once i moved up to dc she would ask me like okay how far is thing a from thing b now in the south when we ask that question when we ask how far is thing a from thing b what we're really asking is how long does it take mm -hmm. to get from thing a to thing b those are two very different things in DC. <laughs> you, I get uh, how far? Eh, it's two miles. How long? Eh, Forty-five minutes. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, it could certainly. <laughs> that, that's absolutely true. And then on the other hand, because now I'm, I'm, I, I go climbing now at this place that's in Virginia, and I look at a map, and I'm thinking like. It looks kind of far. It's like it's all the way in, in, in like in, in Arlington, and I live in D.C., and I live in the northern part of D.C. too. I'm like, ah. And it's like literally the easiest drive ever. And not just that. I time. I was like, let me time it and see how long it takes. 16 minutes, right? Now, there's a gym right near here that I used to go to, used to drive to. And if you would have asked me, like, how, how long does it take you to get to your gym? I would have said, I don't know, 15 minutes. And it's it's probably half that or something like that or maybe even not. I don't know. It's literally within walking distance. Like I, I it's next like, door to the it's next door to the trivia bar. The guy from Jeopardy goes right. To. I, I've literally. I think I, I did. I walk past your gym yeah, getting absolutely. to the Whole Foods in Glover Park. I know because it's like two storefronts down from the Whole Foods, but it's that's exactly where it is. Okay, so it, like literally, you can walk there. I I could not walk to the gym yeah now i wouldn't like yeah now clearly. i wouldn't now i wouldn't walk to that gym and it's just it's too long like if you're going every day or three times a week to the gym it's too much of a walk it's also like fully uphill going back yeah it, yeah yeah, it is yeah. Kind of so i would drive and i would drive there like just around like back roads and stuff and i in my mind i was like yeah it takes about 15 minutes here like I get, I like, I get into my car and 20 minutes later, I'm already inside the gym, like putting my gym clothes on. And I'm like, that's a, that's an easy ask. But if you look on the map, it, that doesn't look, it looks like oh, I should move there if I want to go there all the time. Well, that's, it's like the difference between city driving and highway driving. Cause it's all highway driving. It, yeah. You get to the, get it, to the other gym. Ish. Yeah. Like, cause, and there's, I mean, for example, there's the highway. Yeah. Then, like, cause there's whatever. two Alamo draft houses in this area. One is right near there in mm -hmm. Crystal city. And the other is uh, in DC proper, right? They're I, I think uh, I think mileage wise, they're about the same distance away. But, but oh my god, the DC one takes twice as long to get to because you got to go through. You ready? I counted fifty lights. <sighs> There's fifty lights between this place and that theater, uh, unless you take a kind of a back roads kind of approach. But then you got to go through fifty stop signs. Right. right. And so what's the, you know that what's the what's the benefit? Um, and yeah, the one in Crystal City, it literally takes us like fifteen minutes to get there. Above average. I used to live ten minutes from the highway, and now I'm like one minute away, and everything feels much closer. You know, I uh, mm. I, I used to date someone who wasn't from DC and would and would come here, and she said that the stretch of road between the exit from the turnpike, like the, from the, the the Beltway, like the highway, and here 
was the worst thing ever. And and she's right. It's a terrible, terrible drive from the highway to here. Because you got to go through um, Chevy Chase Village and stuff. It's like this area, this super, super rich area, right? Uh, Kavanaugh lives there. I'm sorry, uh, Brad. I'm not going to say where. It's, it's a whole ass area. I, yeah. When he got doxxed, I discovered that that was the neighborhood he lives in. But it's unsurprising because it's like it's very it's a very rich people neighborhood. And because of that, the speed limit for that entire area is like ridiculously low. And so you just got to and it's fully enforced with a million cameras because it's like the fancy people area. And so you just got to like inch your way down this road and it takes forever. Hate it. Right. And like back when I lived in Atlanta, like my apartment was not great. But one of the reasons I dealt with like my shitty apartment was because of the location, which was literally a block away from 285, which if you know Atlanta, you you know that this is like Fremo location if you need to like commute, if you're trying to get somewhere. Getting on the highway was like seriously a like took me maybe three minutes from my apartment and then I could get anywhere I needed to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if anybody cares. It's the stretch of road. It's the stretch of Connecticut Avenue from the from like 495 to Chevy Chase Circle, right? It's like a couple of miles or it's like a – let me – I'm trying to see the uh, the scale. Right, and I'm looking at the map too. And like there's like bullshit areas in Atlanta like that too, like people that live in Buckhead and stuff like that. Like it's a super nice, super wealthy area, but to get anywhere from there, I'm like, there's no way. I'm, yeah. I, there's no way I would even deal with that. It's just like lights, 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 lights. And you got to go slow and you got to go slow. And then it's one of those situations where like, it's, a, it's two lanes, but then the left lane also has to like turn left to cut across incoming traffic. So if somebody wants to turn left, then everything gets back. Right. <sighs> the first time I saw that, I was like, are these people like about to die or something? Cause I had never seen nothing like that before in my life. I'm like, are they in the wrong lane? What are they doing? Join us next week for more traffic talk. I saw, <laughs> did, uh, was it Mark Hemingway? I didn't even read the article, but he wrote something about stop backing into parking spaces. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? That's not how else do you parallel park? The only time you should. I mean, uh, I, I, people back in the parking spaces. I, I've never understood. No, it, no, no. But I whatever. meant like, I meant like, you know, he means like, right. In a, like they in like in the, like, if you go to like the grocery store, yeah. like you back in so you can pull out. Right. But no, but that's, so that's, that, that's where they got it wrong. Like um, I, the only place that I, that I like don't back in where I, I stand ass out is at the grocery store because then you ride your cart up to the, to, you know, to your yeah, trunk to the back, yeah. and load it in my garage here. I back into the the parking space. I don't go ass in. It would be much harder because then I would have to back all the way out and around the garage instead of I, drive out forward. I hate your parking spot, by the way. It's t- it's like weirdly like tight, right? It makes me incredibly nervous when you're backing into that parking spot. I'm good because I have a large, I have a RAV4. And yeah, the parking spot that I have is like a, a weirdly tight fit. And I do this weird thing where I kind of, I kind of, I do like an S curve with the car. So then to put it in the right angle so then I could kind of back it back into the thing. And yeah, it looks, it's precarious. I'm like, I'm swinging it very close to the. <laughs> yeah. And when I'm sitting there in the passenger seat and I see just how close that side view mirror is coming to that pillar, I'm like, oh my God. Like, okay, I see in the rear view mirror, like I see in the backup camera, I see this is correct, but I look at <laughs> the mirror and that thing is like, Two inches away from that side view mirror. It reminds me of when I when you had when I needed to back your your moving van into the thing. <laughs> that was very funny because like I did it, I you know like into the loading dock area because yeah. she couldn't do it, and I I literally my my pinky pinky toe was like on the brake, and the the rest of my body was hanging out of the window looking back because I couldn't see because it's a dumb moving van. And yeah, it was, <laughs> it was very, <laughs> very precarious. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, I don't know. Uh, Super fun stories about our life. Yes. Here, I was, I, I mean, again, there's, there's not, there, there's not much to talk about. We, we might not do like a super long show, but, but, but uh, we can just briefly talk about uh, the Golden Globes because Oscars and stuff. I think the Oscar nominations mm-hmm. are being announced later this week or next week, something like that. I would, I probably next week, I think, because it's normally about a week after the Golden Globes, mm-hmm. right? So here's the thing. I, um, when I saw everything everywhere all at once, 
uh, you know, everyone too, they were like, okay, Michelle Yeoh, she's going to mm-hmm. get an Oscar, right? Here's, it's her time. It's her time. This is it. Uh, but then when I saw Tar, I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, Michelle. Because here comes Kate Blanchard for her second Oscar with this fucking performance. Uh, and they both won because the Golden Globes has mm-hmm. a best, because it's a comedy, it's, you know, in the comedy musical is, genre or something like that. Which is interesting that that's where they slotted everything everywhere. But I was, think I think it fits I, there better I mean, than in a, dra- in a in drama world because it is a, it is a, fantastical whimsical it is it obviously has a lot of emotion yeah it's still whatever, like really but, heavy but sure but i but i think i think it i think but it i guess i i guess in as like in opposition to like a drama sure that's where it would go i i think like the menu could even fit in like a comedy slash musical <laughs> format even though it is not exactly fun i mean i again i thought it was it's, it hist- is darkly funny i thought it was hysterically funny but uh, but only but situationally or whatever you want to call it. Um, so anyway, they both won, but they're there's they're not going to both win an Oscar. So uh, we'll, come on, Michelle. See, I don't know. You're, I mean, we're gonna I, we're gonna have to. Watch I, I mean, Tar. I guess I have to watch Tar. But yeah. I mean, I I really liked everything everywhere all at once, and I'm I'm happy that I saw that in a movie theater with like other people like not people that i knew but like a crowd of people because it is one of those movies where i mean obviously you can watch it by yourself it's perfectly fine but watching it with other people and seeing like other people's reactions and a crowd reaction i think really does add to the enjoyment of the movie and i i'm I'm sure we've discussed this but i mean this is like an element of movie making that i think perhaps indie film should lean into a little bit more is that kind of that group watching element and now i'm kind of i'm kind of sad that we never got around to watching the menu in a movie theater because that would have been a fun group experience too and it just we just there's like things and stuff and yes whatever. it would have but, and by the way even you can even count avatar in the, under that umbrella which we discussed on uh, on ambitious crossover because it is something that is almost like uh inherently designed to be experienced communally in a theater it's a different flavor of that but we're starting to see because you know there was always this question of the theaters and now a lot of people have all these uh, fancy systems at home and the ability to watch newer and newer content at home and so what what is it about the theater and so one end of that spectrum is a uh, sort of big spectacle in terms of like money money sink you sink a lot of money into something and it shows and the other is make something that's that's fun to watch together in a way barbarian fun to watch together in a way hereditary yeah. was extremely fun to watch with the crowd uh uh the uh the cabin in the woods an older example oh man i would have loved to have seen that in the theater i'm, I'm kind of that's another one i'm kind of sad i didn't see in the theater. mad max fury road an amazing movie to see with the crowd dread in 3d was an amazing experience to watch with the crowd uh and 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 uh and uh ari i wonder if uh, ari aster's upcoming movie Bo is afraid i'm thinking it will be i think i'm thinking it will be in the same way that like everything everywhere was fun to watch so here's an interesting uh, anecdote about uh Bo is afraid so ari aster the guy who made hereditary and also midsummer uh this is his third uh movie uh joaquin phoenix uh nathan lane uh 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 like the whole premise seems really dave batista actually like really fucked up yeah it looks like someone who's parent who's like a paranoid delusional or something like that it's hard to understand exactly for i mean it it seems like he was kind of bred to be that way and then a thing happens where i'm kind of questioning like okay um was this on purpose yeah i'm getting like Michelle Gondry vibes, Wes Anderson vibes. Uh, 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 it feels so strange. Not horror-y, but also maybe horror it, it seems a little horror Yeah, it's very hard to tell. And, and there's a couple of interesting uh, anecdotes about this movie. Uh, it was initially, he had the, I think the main role was going to be this guy who starred in a, a short film, a thesis film that Ari Aster made for, in film school called there's something strange about the johnsons or something hmm. like that it's fucking i didn't watch it i just i was just like oh let me read what this is about yeah. and it 
I, I, it scarred me just to read about <laughs> it. It's about a family where the father like it spends like 20 years being sexually abused by their son. It's like, it's, it's, it's super dark, right? Wow. Anyway, the guy who starred in that mm -hmm. in like 2019, he said something like that our Ari Aster said mm -hmm. that he has a role planned for him in this up in this movie that he wrote called Bo is afraid. This is from like three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. And they were saying like, it's much weirder than his first two movies. It's this insane movie and right. whatever. And now here, here it is. Oh, and the reason that guy isn't in it, he's dead. Oh, he died. I think he got <laughs> sick and died um, because someone on Twitter was talking about this because he said this guy was in his short films and he was in neither Hereditary or Midsummer, And he was like, I don't know why. And he said apparently it was because he was saving this role for him. Uh, but then he died before oh, wow. the movie got made, which is kind of sad. Eesh. Yeah. But Ari Aster, one of the, you know, like there's a few creators now that I'm like, all I want to know is when their next thing is coming out. And mm -hmm. Ari Aster is one of them. You know, like another one is uh, is Eggers, the guy who made the the Witch and the Lighthouse and mm -hmm. and the Northman. Um, uh, what's his name? Who made Men? Uh, uh, Alex, Alex Garland. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's a few people like that. Also, uh, also Cronenberg uh, the Younger, Brandon Cronenberg. Oh. Ah, baby Cronenberg. Because he has a new movie coming out as well. Because his first movie, Possessor, is a very cool movie that's very Cronenberg-y. Mm -hmm. Keeping it in the family. Keeping the weird shit in the family. I can't remember what the new movie's called. but uh, S. Craig Zoller. Yeah, that's a good... There's, I, I, See, I, I'm, we're in a way... Because, oh, oh, oh. Here's another thing I want to mention before we end. Because mm. it's on topic. Because I was saying, we're entering a new... Oh, yes, of course. Because I love uh, Bone Tomahawk. Uh, I knew the name. Like, I couldn't place the name. Um, uh, uh, we're seeing a little bit of a resurgence of, like, the age of the auteur, where people are like, oh, I want to watch. Because, like, Christopher Nolan is probably, like, you know, a, a, the the biggest kind of, like, mainstream, quote-unquote, example of this. Because, like, Oppen, who the fuck wants to watch a movie about Opp, Opp, a, a biography of Oppenheimer? I mean, no, I would. No, but, but I'm saying, <laughs> but, like, normie audiences right, are like, going to go sit and watch a three-hour movie about J. Robert Oppenheimer. That's amazing. That's really impressive, right? Oh, Infinity Pool. That's what the Cronenberg movie is called. Thank Ooh. you, uh, JD. I know it's a nice that's – a, that's a fun name. Interesting. Um, And so, yeah, and all of these kind of youngins, but – it's also like the there is also like a, a a concurrent like death of the old auteur like a Spielberg or a Scorsese or a, and so there's this story about Francis Ford Coppola and his upcoming or probably never going to happen now huge disaster. So Francis Ford Coppola has been trying to make this one movie for like forty years called Megalopolis, mm. and he put a hundred and twenty million dollars of his own millions of dollars into it. Uh, and apparently this is kind of what happened with like uh, Apocalypse Now Redux. Uh, and now all the crew just quit or something like that. It's like this giant disaster. And I remember reading a story about it last year where I was like, ah, this is going to be amazing. Because the reporter asked him like, so what's this movie about? And then the article says he spoke for literal hours and I still don't know. <laughs> and it was like, uh-oh. It's you about the things and the other things and well, all the things. And, and my comment at the time was, you know, if somebody asks you to describe your magnum opus and all you can say is like, it's a love story and it's in New York and it's a little like Rome. No, don't complain like, that nobody gives a shit. Like you need to be able to pitch. Right. Like you've had 40 years to come up with like, you, you don't have a single like paragraph summation of the plot of this story. Right now. Now he, I, and, and I do think that he, he in a way expects his name to carry it like it used to be able to. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and by the way, and I do not, I am under no uh, illusions that Ari Aster can just do whatever he wants. Right. If Ari Aster's the trailer to Ari Aster's new movie looked boring or, you know, he's not also not selling. Cause, 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 cause Coppola is like, this is a classic thing that I want. I, I, I he said something like, I want it to like their Christmas movies that people watch on Christmas of year. I want this to be like a movie that everybody watches on New Year's. But it's like 
you can't pitch your project already as a culturally important right. thing. You can't say like, you know, it's like somebody says to you, I'm, I'm making a cult classic. That's not how it fucking works. You can't make a cult classic. A cult classic is something that happens to a movie after it is made. Right. And I would almost argue that like we're moving from an era where like a director or somebody being the director on a movie sells the movie where, and and I'm thinking specifically about like a 24 where like people are interested in a movie because it's coming out from a certain production house. And so you get this reputation as a production house. And so people are like, Oh, okay, this is, uh, this is coming out from a 24. Okay. I'll, I'll take a look at this because they have a reputation for putting out really, interesting indie stuff but now but then it's almost like they're an incubator because there is this crop of people now who who are uh whose names do you know ari you see like the the you know like the poster will be like it's the new ari aster movie it's not like it's the new joaquin phoenix movie right even though he's a big sell in himself but it's it's so weird how things have changed now like because when I hear Ari Aster and Joaquin Phoenix, it's not like, oh, I want to watch every movie they made. But I'm like, these two, like Joaquin Phoenix is a really, really solid, serious actor mm-hmm. who now is like a person that you hire if you need a lot of acting. Right. Like, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you need a lot of bang for your buck in terms of acting. You know, he's doing the, uh, he's doing Folie Deux, the sequel to Joker. He's good at his job. (laughs) So yeah, he's making the sequel to Joker now with Lady Gaga, which is apparently going to be some kind of weird musical. I'm so interested in this. I mean, okay. It's going to be so fucking weird. Um, uh, Oh yeah, Greta Gerwig and the Barbie movie. That's going to be intriguing. I I don't know what to say about that. (laughs) Did you see that teaser trailer? I've seen all the teaser trailers. I don't know what to say. Amazing. If I if I had any what is this movie? If I had any doubt it feels so old school. I see I think it's gonna be because one of my favorite one of my favorite examples of like uh, using uh, uh, an opportunity that could have easily been something that you never even knew existed and doing something creative with it, the Brady Bunch movie. Right, the Brady Bunch movie. The studio's like, we want to make a Brady Bunch movie. We want to capitalize on this. Event. Instead of just making a fucking dumb Brady Bunch movie, they did a thing where like it's the Brady Bunch, but they're like na- they're in modern times, but they themselves are all like in the seventies still, and it's fucking weird and amazing. And Jan gets smashed in the nose and like spent <sighs> the whole thing with like in like a huge bit ba- with right. her face all in bandages. It's like a weird, wacky kind of comedy with like a, that's that's kind of surrealist and i think barb that's what barbie's gonna well, be see, that's the thing like from the promos i really can't tell how they're playing this like i don't know if they're like literally just playing this straight if this is going to be surrealist if this is going to be like parody like well, i don't i don't know where this is going well, apparently every male character in it thus far they're all credited as being ken like uh ryan gosling is playing ken yeah. and simu liu is also playing ken but he's like the, the asian ken I right guess. like he's the, he's the well i was gonna say something racist oh, no then it's good that you didn't then. <laughs> um we uh, have different colors of ken is yeah, what i well, wanted to say i mean but it, it is it really <laughs> is like that they're probably gonna have like a black ken and a hispanic like you've got a brown ken and a black ken and a white ken yeah. and an asian ken yeah and then maybe now because it's 2023 maybe we'll have like specific like okay oh, we've, we've got gonna, a filipino ken. oh no 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 i was wondering we, are they gonna do are they gonna do are they gonna are they gonna explore uh sort of the gender spectrum perhaps maybe we have a transgender ken i don't know maybe we have a transgender barbie yeah Who i mean no say? i'm like i'm I'm actually literally asking because because uh, this, uh, well this... and, and that's and that's something that you can kind of play with too because i mean we're talking about like characters that are literally plastic yeah, dolls yeah 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 that are famous that don't have genitalia and, by the way <laughs> which which might which might be part Ex- of it as well except for barbie who has Big old titties, <laughs> <laughs> the, um, but no ass, and Ken yeah. has no genitalia. <laughs> my uh, my uh, my uh, prediction was get, that it would be kind of like uh, the Brady Bunch movie and a little like a Smallville, 
which is uh, a really uh, Smallville, uh, Pleasantville. Sorry, mm-hmm. Smallville. Superman. Uh, yeah. Pleasantville. Amazing, underrated movie about a people who get sucked into like a, the world of like a 50s Leave it to Beaver type sitcom and kind of quote unquote corrupt the people there with like mm-hmm. modern thoughts. thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it might be something like that. Like Fancy a, modern ideas like yeah. women's emancipation. So I, th- I think what it might, what this might be is it might start off being like a Barbie world. I'm a little Barbie world. If they said they would, they said it wouldn't, they said they were not going to be using it. They're not going to use Barbie girl. They said they're not going to use Barbie girl. Uh, I think they should do. I said if they want to make like all of the money in the world, just get BTS to do a cover of like, Barbie and make, Girl and make that be like the end credit song, like even like not the money shot song. Oh sure, but like that was just to do a tie-in mm-hmm. K-pop Barbie Girl. Right, would have been like the biggest thing ever. Crossover between them and Blackpink, and they can do Barbie Girl. Oh, oh shit, that would have been. Oh my god, that's a really good idea. See, see, I have hire ideas. us, hire us. Uh, Good idea factory right there. Cabal, cabal of whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that's uh, I think that's about it. I'm gonna pretend to <clears throat> to like slowly talk about the end of the show as I pull the theme music up on my phone again. Well, you're not <laughs> pretending; you're actually doing it. Yeah, no, well, I guess so. <laughs> um, so yeah, thanks uh, thanks for for listening to this uh, the first episode of uh, 2023. We're getting used to saying 2023, so. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the trilogy, right? You had 2020, and then you had 2022, and now it's 2023. Right, and I'm just very happy that I wrote the right date on my rent check, apparently, because it cleared, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. So, yeah, anyway, uh, you know, we're uh, forging ahead with this as well and so uh we're gonna see you all here next week i guess and uh, so yeah jen i'll do do the things and we'll do the things okay so i gotta do the plugs i gotta remember how to do the plugs so um our main podcast ambitious crossover attempt drops every monday you can find it on you know all your podcast catchers apple google spotify Amazon slash audible obviously here you know where to find us on wednesday nights at 8 30 eastern all crossed out um, if you don't catch us live, you can always catch us afterwards on, on like all your podcast catchers. You can find us on Twitter at AMBXOver. You can find me on Twitter at that Jen Monroe and on Substack at jenmonroe.substack.com. Awesome. I'm Neon Taster on Twitter and also youtube.com slash Neon Taster and twitch.tv slash Neon Taster. And also, uh, yeah, ambitious crossover attempt on YouTube. And uh, that's about it. Thank you. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.